the open road is full of people behind the wheel. Take away the errand runners, the commuters, and the vacationers, and you have the people who drive for work. They may drive for different companies in different industries with a different goal in mind, but they're connected by the sometimes bumpy, sometimes smooth life on the road. If driving is your day to day, you are a road warrior. And this podcast, it's for you. Welcome to the Road Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ryland. Every other week, we'll share the story of a new road warrior. Here's our latest guest. Uh, my name is Ken Konoszewski Jr. I am an enterprise implementation consultant for Toast Point of Sale. Could you really quickly just tell me what Toast is, uh, what Toast provides? The Toast is a point of sale company that's uh, all encompassing. So we do everything from your merchant servicing to your hardware, to your software, to your hosting. We're a cloud-based point of sale system. So unlike a lot of legacy systems where there's a mainframe or a hub or something like that, like everything is saved to the, the cloud, which is just another name for somebody's computer. Just in case, you know, something happens there, everything is saved. The customer doesn't have to worry about losing anything. Could you describe your role as an enterprise implementation consultant? What do you do? Anything in regards to implementation for Toast, we basically go to a restaurant. Um, and this could be anything from legit uh, a small little breakfast nook, a bar, a big chain like Pyology. So anything that involves basically a restaurant or restaurant-like business is what we are into. So we go in, we train the customers on how to use the system, how to access the backend, try to make them self-sufficient. We install the hardware, we take out their old hardware, uh, make sure the cabling's nice, neat, presentable. And we do that on site, but we also have the ability to do it remotely too. So speaking to customers and their ability to do it over the phone, but not everybody's tech savvy. So sometimes you gotta be on site and have that on site touch, which is why I'm in Lake Charles today because we don't do drive-throughs very often. Uh, we got everything accomplished that we wanted to, which was great. But sometimes that's why we need to get out there because the customer may want something that we've never done before and we need to figure out how to accomplish it. Okay. So this translates to your day-to-day kind of like you show up to a place, they tell you, you know, what they're looking for, or you just set the system up and then, you know, move on to the next place. Yep. So there, there's not a lot of like continuous day to day. A lot of customers only pay for like one, maybe two days worth of the process. We're able to do a lot within our site, but not every site is the same. Some sites you have tech savvy people. For instance, one of my coworkers, he used to manage 12 sites. So by the time like the 10th and 11th site came on, he was actually doing the install himself when he was a customer of Toast and doing the training himself. So I just kind of showed up and chilled and like did nothing for the entire day. So it, it kind of all depends on the customer, where they're at, what the process, what they sold. So not every customer gets, for instance, a kiosk. So like you go to Panera Bread, you order by yourself, you don't even talk to an employee. So not every restaurant has a kiosk. Not every restaurant is full service, some are quick service. So trying to figure out their entire process. So when I go with there, I see, okay, this is your process. This is how you do X, Y, and Z. This is how our system does X, Y, and Z and try to like mirror what they used to do with what they do now. Right on. How long have you been in this role and how did it start? So this role, it's only been two months. I've been with the company for four and a half years. I'm actually one of the double digit employees. So one of the first hundred that were hired within the company. 
So I was actually working as a mortgage modification, short sale and foreclosure specialist. So I was spending five years of my life going through people's, the hardest of people's times, um, looking at their hardships, filing things away, trying to figure out what's going on. And it kind of took a toll on me when a, a friend of mine's mother came across my desk. So mind you, in foreclosure, short sale, modification, you're underwater in your house. And when the whole market crashed in 2008, like that's, that was a huge business. So I was machine gun sending out resumes and I don't know how I found toast because uh, I never worked in a restaurant. I never worked in the tech industry. I did banking for 10 years, but I'm really glad they did because I, I was prepared to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I completely know how you feel. Uh, I, I also had a, a previous job. It was not nearly as heavy as that, but right, right on there. Are you are you from Michigan? Yep, I was born and raised in the suburb of Detroit, and then I moved downtown about five and a half, six years ago. Okay, so city proper. So I'm about I'm the closest city to me is Windsor, Canada. Um, okay. So I'm about a mile from the Canadian border and just deep at the heart of Detroit. About a five minute walk to the uh, the Ford Field, so to see the Lions, or ten minutes to the Tigers or Red Wings or Pistons games. Yeah, right on. I've been to Michigan a couple times, but I've never been to Detroit. I hear it's 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 up and coming. Yeah, it's it's definitely got the hit of uh, a mixture of hipster, bougie, lots of gentrification. So, like any major city, that's got got a rebirth. But the help that we're getting from Dan Gilbert's group, which is the Rocket Mortgage Quicken Loans group, uh, the Illich family, which has been with the safe for decades because they're the ones that own Little Caesars. And Chase kind of came in and has been doing a lot to help us remove flight. So it's not an overnight process. It's definitely one of the hardest things. Like in Michigan, speaking of you know traveling for work, like we have the highest insurance rate in the country for cars. Like I could, I have a clean record. My residence is not in the city in regards to where I technically live, because if I lived in the city, it'd be another hundred to 125 a month just because I live in Detroit. Wow. Yeah. We have the, the 25 highest, like of the top 25 highest zip code, uh, in car insurance rates, Michigan has all 25. Um, wow. and that's for clean records. Like my, my insurance is still, I think 140 a month clean record in one of the safest cities in the country. Well, that's that's pretty exorbitant. Is that just something that the insurance companies like, yeah, we'll fix that in a decade? So in Michigan, you're required to have full medical insurance on your car insurance. Therefore, everyone's insurance is always higher. And then of course you get into redlining, you get into all these issues of, you know, being in the city of Detroit, our roads are probably the worst because while we have one of the big things, there's so much trucking that goes on, especially in the city of Detroit going across to Canada. The big thing is, is that the federal limit, and I'm going to make up these numbers, but let's say the federal limit for a, a truck is uh, 45,000 pounds. Well, that's the federal limit, but the Michigan limit is double that. So we have these truckers beating our roads to death. And if you break that, it's only like a $50 fine. So they could just stuff their cars, pay the fine without having to send a second car. Because wow. the second car is second gas, second driver, second payment, second time on the road. So yeah, so it's it's the abuse of the system of a lot of companies. If you search like Michigan potholes and stuff, you'll see some of these beasts online especially there's a there's a road called mound road and that is where the army bases 
there's like the tank bay. So the tanks come out on Mount Road. A lot of trucks use Mount Road because it's an easy road to get across McComb County. So it's, yeah, there, there's a lot of huge potholes. And I've, in the state of Michigan, I've lost uh, in four and a half years, four tires. I got into a fight with the median and the median definitely won. <laughs> and I got ran off the road by a guy making an illegal UE because people just aren't patient. So I've, I've seen my fair share of accidents. My car, um, I drive a cruise right now, a 2014 cruise. So I went down to a four cylinder to save on gas mileage. And I, I, that poor car has been gone from, mind you, I bought it two years ago and I've easily put on 70,000 miles on it. I could talk for hours about our roads. It's a pain point in my life, obviously. Yeah, I can tell. So, I mean, in, in, in those events, uh, what did you end up doing? How did you end up reacting? As much as I complain about car insurance, I actually have two car insurances. So I have my standard car insurance, my car insurance I have, and then I have through AAA um, unlimited mileage tow insurance. And basically what that means is that I can get my car towed to wherever from wherever. So it helps me a lot in regards to getting that. Now, what's great about my job is if something happens to you on the road, they're just like, all right, you know, get your car fixed, get your stuff going on. You know, if you got a rental car, you rent a car. I thankfully go like I do so much preventative care with my car and I go to my dealership all the time that they give out free rentals while your car is at the dealership. So doing something like that has helped me make sure that I, no matter what, I can always have a rental car. So like I had my accident, I took my car into the dealership and my car was there for over a month and they gave me a rental car. And every time I hit like the 2000 mark, cause they need their cars that they're selling to hit like 2000. Every time I hit 2000, I would call them ahead. I'd be like, Hey, I'm coming in to swap cars and they'd have a new car ready for me. So they liked me because I was putting miles on these cars so fast and I had a free car. So it's always interesting when you walk into a car, like a rental for the first time and you see like three miles on the odometer. What do you drive? Um, Chevy Cruze LT. It's a uh, um, small little four cylinder, four door car. Got great gas mileage, and it allows me to pack everything in my car that I need for work. Okay, and how long have you had that car? Two years in April, so two years, two months. Okay, right on. Do you have like an ideal car, or is that like exactly what you want? I don't. I don't think I have anything that I'd want to change. Maybe just I would look for something maybe with a little more gas mileage next time I uh, drive something. Um, but with the change that I'm doing in regards to flying a lot more, I might just I, I don't hopefully I don't have to drive this car. Well, I, I hopefully could drive this car into the ground because of all the gas because we get paid per mile. So all the mileage money that I made, um, I paid off my car in like a year and a couple months. Yeah, right on. So how long have you been driving for and how many miles do you typically drive per week? Or I guess, how many miles did you typically drive each week? On a given week, I mean, on average, about 750 in regards to miles. It kind of all depends on the week. I think there's a lot of heavy, heavy weeks where I got to drive up to, say, you know, four and a half, five hours away to Traverse City, Ludington, Chicago, Columbus, Cleveland. I mean, those are shorter drives to Columbus and Cleveland. But so those longer drives are the ones that kind of get me. Well, what's nice is I don't have to go to like six places like a salesperson or it's rare when you have to do something like that. Or I might do like a, a three day trip where day one is Detroit to Columbus and Columbus to Cincinnati, then Cincinnati to Detroit. You know, 
uh, like day one, day two, day three. Um, so they try to plan it, make it worth my while. But there are plenty of times where I've driven like eight hours to Escanaba, uh, which is in the UP, worked an eight hour day, fell asleep, woke up, worked an eight hour day and drove eight hours back. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, that is that is not my idea of a fun time. So that, that wasn't toast approved in the sense I needed to get home because I had other obligations. Uh, toast would have been perfectly fine with me going up a day early and staying in a hotel or coming back a day later and staying in a hotel. Um, it was my decision to make that. So no, no, no fault to toast. That was all on me. <laughs> so how, how did you get through that drive? I mean, that's, that's eight hours behind a wheel. I know you still have daylight, I guess, depending on when you're driving, but that's still, that's still pretty wild. So there's there's a, a website, I have it bookmarked on my phone that I use that tells me where all the rest areas are on all the freeways in Michigan. So I know where all the rest areas are, so I know where to plan. I also plan like where all my speedways are because Speedway is one of the main gas stations in Michigan. So I know where all the speedways are because usually they have a restroom, they have gas, they have food, they have snacks, they have caffeine. A lot of these places are turning into mini grocery stores now, which is great. So it's planning that, taking five minutes, getting up, walking, moving. And then, of course, using Audible and Podcast Addict to going through podcast stories. Because, like, if you watch a movie, two and a half, you don't even realize two and a half hours have gone by. Like, think of the new Avengers movie, which is three hours. You don't feel like that's three hours. So, if you get a good podcast, a good story, that time just kind of flies by and you're like, oh crap, I've been in my car for almost three hours. I need to go take a break somewhere and just get up, walk around, and move. So your work takes you beyond the roads. Uh, what advice can you share for our road warriors that fly as well as drive? TSA pre-check is the easiest thing in the world to get. And the amount of money you save at like, I think it's like $95 for five years. Uh, buy the biggest carry-on bag that you can get. And if you have to, like for me, like I have to take tools everywhere I go. So I always have to check a bag. So you got to think whatever plane you're flying, that's $30 one way, $30 another. So that's 60. Most credit cards for whatever airline you fly usually give you your first checked bag for free if you have their credit card. So I got the Delta one, which was 195 a year. So if you fly four round trips, you have your checked bag fees already made back. Wow. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. What are the biggest challenges that you face in a job that has you constantly in motion? We get a little bit personal. I got up to 360 pounds from doing all this driving. I was making bad decisions. Now, mind you, not every restaurant opens or closes at the same time. So usually we're up early or we're staying late. Well, what's the only things that are open at that time? Well, you go to Taco Bell breakfast or Taco Bell fourth meal. So we're these long drives where you're like, hey, I'll buy a couple extra burgers and then I'll have them a couple hours from now down the road, but then you eat them right away. For me, there, there's literally zero routine, zero consistency. I worked really, really hard to make sure that we had a life-work balance. So what was happening is that we were getting scheduled to work until 9 o'clock at night, and then we would have to drive home. And by the time we got home, we would have maybe to work at 7 a.m. the next day, an hour and a half away. So we're not getting sleep. We're not getting rest. So I did a lot with my boss, with the project team, creating uh, rules like the uh, we have to be either at a hotel or at our home for 10 hours. So you have to give us a 10-hour break in between days no matter what. So creating these rules and regulations, it's helped a lot in regards to creating a little bit more of a balance. But again, like 
one week I could work at 7 a.m. all five days. The next week I wouldn't start till 1 p.m. all five days. Or I could start at 7 a.m., then 1 p.m., then, you know, 10 a.m. working from home. And then I have to drive at like 2 p.m. to go somewhere. So with all that inconsistency, there's no easy way to do a diet. There's no easy way to do get into a workout program. So for me, I manually wrote down my schedule and then like for the week. And then what I would do is I would write down gym times. I'd be like, this is the time I'm going to the gym this week. So no, I couldn't do it two o'clock every Tuesday and Thursday or six o'clock every, you know, 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesday and Friday. But I would be like, all right, I'm working here, here and here. This is the time I can get to the gym. Uh, another thing was buying gym memberships. So in Michigan, we have plenty of Planet Fitnesses as well as LA Fitnesses. So I had a membership to both because depending on what time I was working, maybe I couldn't go to LA. So I would just go to Planet Fitness to, to get in a workout. Um, 98% is getting into that mental habit. But I've found the things that have helped me, like writing down my schedule has helped me commit to the set schedule. Now, mind you, I still miss a lot of workouts because work goes late. And that's the first thing that I have to cut because I'm not going to cut sleep. I like sleep too much. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I just feel like it's really cool that you were able to talk to the people that you worked like with and for and were able to be like, look, we're trying to be healthy here. We're trying to like survive as human beings. We need to do this, you know, for all employees. So I thought that was yeah. really cool. So I think they realized it was bad, but I don't think they had an answer. And that's that's the one thing I loved about Toast is that like there was there was about four of us, and I, I came up with a bunch of rules, and I had a lot more than what they allowed or what they presented and made official. But I'm like, you know, these are things that I think we can all agree upon um, because you want to be fair to the project coordinator, the person scheduling you. You want to be fair to the salespeople who, you know, they're, they're making their sales, they're making their commissions. So if you're not installing and working and you're taking all these breaks, um, um, but that's the one thing with Toast is Toast is so, there's a lot of communication of just making sure everyone is on the same page. And if we're not, it's like, you know, okay, how do we get on the same page? What, what is this miscommunication? What's going on? Um, and getting, uh, all that together to the culmination of, you know, everybody's work-life balance has been improved just because of these simple rules that we just needed to institute. What are your car comforts? What are the things that you can't drive without? So one thing, and we know this being in the Midwest, but I've also learned it everywhere I go. In my toolkit now is a hoodie because there are restaurants that blast AC. I always have a couple bottles I stash in the back of my car. You know, it's, it's a lot weirder on like hotter days because obviously it gets to really warm temps inside there. Try to keep them maybe in the trunk to just keep them a little cooler, but always have water in there. Um, one of the big things that I bought just because it's been so nice, I use this your cigarette lighter into a AC adapter, a USB charger, so I can charge my tablet, my phone, my laptop while on the road. Well, thank you for that. Are there any questions that I haven't asked that you'd like to answer? Uh, anything that you'd like to clear up or, or something along those lines? Finding your challenges, mapping your life out. And like, like for me, I just, just writing things out. I actually have a Tumblr. I don't tell anybody about it. Nobody knows about it. Like you just know vaguely that I have one. It helps me bring everything in because I think the biggest thing within our industry in regards to being road warriors is being mentally healthy because there are so many things that we can't control. But being mentally healthy, getting those things out is definitely something that I've worked on over the last like three years. 
definitely bringing awareness to that. It's not something I've heard from any other person that I've interviewed with, but I also think that it's probably something that everybody does deal with, even if they don't want to talk about it. Uh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's not even... It's not even necessary. Like, you know, you, you're, you're talking about it and we like therapy. I, I'm 100% for therapy. Whether you think you need it or not, you always need it because if you internalize it, it just builds and builds and builds. And that like one little stupid thing is going to break you and you're going to be like, why the hell am I so pissed off at, you know, this guy who cut me off on the road that I'm never going to see in my life again? You know, it's 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 not something to. It's it's not something to think negatively about. We all have our problems. We all have our issues, and we just you know address them. Yeah, yeah, right on. Well, this has been awesome. It's been great talking to you. Uh, you've you've uh, definitely given me a lot of stuff to think about, and hopefully the audience a lot to think about. I only have one more question, uh, and that is: uh, every episode we ask our guests for a song they used to or currently listen to all the time on the road. What is yours? Obviously, it's the darkness. I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. Yes, yes. I saw them in concert and they were fantastic. <laughs> it is one of those shows that intro guitar riff, just like it's 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 hard not to get hype when you listen to it. So you could be having, you know, a long drive and you hear that bow, 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 and you're like, all right, all right. And, and everyone, of course, has to sing to it. You have to try to hit those notes. That's like that, that's the karaoke song. I think everyone butchers, but nobody cares when they butcher it because they're like, we get to hear the darkness. And that concludes our latest episode of the Road Warriors podcast. Thanks to Ken for coming on the show. And to those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you listened to, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have stories... We would love to hear them. Fill out our quick survey to let us know why you should be our next guest. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Thanks again and drive safe.